1: To find out more about our fundraiser, visit FindingGeniusFoundation.org and click on Current Initiatives. And now, to our guest. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have Glenn Mattis. He's the CEO of a company called TFF Pharmaceuticals, and we're going to talk about uh, TFF and his work. So, Glenn, thank you for coming.
2: Thank you, Richard. I'm I'm humbled by the title of your podcast. Hopefully Hopefully, I live up to the billing here.
1: Yeah, no, it looks like you have an interesting background. Would you just give a brief description of how you came to TFF, you know, a bit about your background first?
2: Sure, I'd be happy to, and thanks for the opportunity. So I've actually um, had the pleasure of being in the pharmaceutical industry since back in 1979. In the first, well, you know, almost 30 years of my career, I spent in the big pharmaceutical part of the business, and I've had the uh, pleasure of working for uh, companies like... Uh, Rome Palangora, which became Sanofi, uh, Centacore, which was one of the initial biotech companies. And we um, then were acquired by, jo- acquired by Johnson & Johnson, where I had uh, worked for 15 years and became a uh, company president, global company president for one of their uh, groups uh, called Tibatech And I worked there specifically in the uh, HIV, hepatitis C and oncology space. And after leaving Johnson & Johnson, I've been working serially um, as a board member or officer of companies that were either in um, early clinical stage and uh, or, or early commercial stages. And fortunately, about four years ago, I was approached uh, by someone uh, to join TFF as, as their chief executive officer, which I did. And uh, we then went public about two years ago, and uh, I've been growing the company Uh, quite nicely ever since. It's a very unique uh, platform technology that has uh, almost limitless opportunities to produce value for patients and shareholders.
1: Yeah, if you would, tell me, what's the premise of CFF? uh, What's the technology you're working with?
2: Sure, so uh, again, thin film freezing is is the name of the technology. And it can, uh, the basic value proposition is that it can improve properties of drug formulation, delivery, administration, ultimately uh, producing products that have at least equal efficacy, perhaps better efficacy, but certainly a better adverse events profile for versatile applicability across series of diverse therapies and indications. So we work uh, in almost every kind of drug class, uh, large molecules, small molecules, and our business strategy is is really um, a hybrid of developing products internally, so we have clinical stage compounds that we're developing here, as well as in using the technology to, part with, to partner with pharmaceutical companies to apply the technology to their compounds, uh, or the government, or even academia.
1: Okay, so you said thin films, you know, I'll ask you details about the what are the thin films used for? Are they used to model, you know, you're arraying cells in a thin film to test against drugs or... What is a thin film and how it's used?
2: Yeah, so it it takes and converts a uh, pharmaceutical compound. Let's say in this case, it's a solid compound. We get that compound into a solution using FDA-approved excipients. Once in solution, we drip that uh, liquid onto a cylinder, stainless steel, steel cylinder, that is cryogenically frozen Temperature somewhere between minus 50 degrees and minus 180 degrees Celsius. That cylinder spins slowly. And as you can imagine, Richard, when you drip something liquid onto something that cold, it flash freezes. Now, why is that important? It's important because that rapid freezing enables us to capture the drug in, in a very highly active state. So the ultimate powders that we produce are highly concentrated so we we take these wafers that form on the surface of the cylinder we capture them in a liquid nitrogen bath we put them into a uh, device called a lyophilizer which at very very low um, pressures sublimes or sublimates off all of the remaining liquid and what comes out of this lyophilizer it almost looks like a if i can visually give you an analogy it almost looks like a a microwave with shelves in it. You open it up and, and you get these beautiful, at least in my estimation, beautiful fine powder, brittle matrix powders. And that is the ultimate drug substance that is then put into a capsule in most cases, inhale, put into an, action, an inhaler device and the patient inhales the powder from that capsule. So most of the application is through inhalation to the lung. We can also do... Powders that can be inhaled intranasally. We even are working with the government to produce formulations of countermeasures for uh, battlefield uses that can be applied through the eye and through the skin.
1: Yeah, I've taken uh, Advair before, and that's like a, a discus you inhale the powder for asthma. So I guess it's similar to that, huh?
2: Very, very similar concept. And in, in fact, the, the ours is a little different in that you, in our device, you load the capsule into the device. There are a couple of little buttons on either side that are attached to fine needles. The needles pierce the capsule and then the patient simply inhales the powder. But yeah, you know, Richard, very similar concept to, actually, I've taken Advair to, to an Advair inhalation. Yes.
1: So what's a, why is this more beneficial to manufacture certain drugs this way? I mean, method of administration, if you want a powder, is it much harder to do it any other way? Or, you know, what's the benefit of using this method?
2: So when you look at the broad applicability of, of this approach, we had kind of come down to a basic concept that, that most drugs that are produced are fairly water insoluble. And what is, so what, what problem does that create? Well, you, you then have to, you know, sort of build the dose of the drive up to get enough into, into the metabolism or, in, you know, into systemic absorption, that you get a sort of a, you press the, the efficacy, but sometimes you press up against the adverse events. By delivering drugs directly to the lung, in this case, you go right, the lung is, is a wonderful organ for drug metabolism and distribution. So, what we can do is we can ultimately deliver a lower dose of the drug substance to the lung get it into into metabolism, get high systemic levels that will produce the efficacy, but without the, the necessary adverse events. So that's one advantage. So, some other compounds that we're working with from partner companies are just impossible to formulate successfully because of their absorption profile. And you just, you, you can't get a dose, you know, you know, an efficacious dose versus the adverse events profile. Uh, so so this helps there. And then it also optimizes, you know, um, drug delivery to, to the lung for all sorts of therapeutic indications. So that's the basic pr- promise. And then yeah, I can get into a little bit of where in each of our sort of portfolios where, where the advantages lie. One specific area that I think would be easy to, to start with is in the area of vaccines. So Richard, we all know what what great work the industry has done to bring COVID-19 vaccines to people. The one issue that exists with the mRNA-based vaccines is that they require uh, cold chain distribution and storage. They're 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 formulated with something called an aluminum adjuvant. What we can do is we can take that solution-based vaccine, uh, convert it to a powder, and then that powder then can be reconstituted into the actual vaccine without the need for freezing or refrigeration.
1: Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700-plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives in our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000-plus downloads a month,
2: some of the partners we're working with, we, we think the powder can actually be the vaccine versus the solution-based vaccine. So it, it opens up a whole array of possibilities in the vaccine space um, and in other biologics.
1: I think it makes sense for, you know, it, it doesn't make sense for me for a vaccine to be injected if, especially let's say if it's a respiratory disease. I mean, it seems like it should be inhaled because. That's the way that people get sick, supposedly with COVID. So your method would make a lot more sense to me than, uh, than, again, an injectable version.
2: Yes, I think on the vaccine front, it's it's probably, um, you know, it can be just as effective to to take a a solution-based vaccine injection versus an inhaled version, maybe more convenient to inhale. But I think in the area of therapeutics, that's where there, there could be a tremendous advantage because you can look at IV-based preparations or nebulized formulations that will be much more easily given to a patient through inhalation. So when we look at the again, I don't want to harp on COVID-19, but if you look at the therapeutic profile of some of the antibody um, therapies, you know, for the for the less ill patient for more chronic administration. You know, we can we are formulating uh for inhalation for, for that patient segment that would be need more yeah, administration. It, it, it makes
1: sense. I mean, I've had asthma, I've been, you know, luckily it's rare, but I've been hospitalized with it a couple of times and you know, I use a nebulizer and I use an inhaler. And it's nice, even though the inhaler is corticosteroids, it's not necessarily as mm-hmm. as systemic as me swallowing a pill. It can be more localized in effect. So I can see why these these formulations are useful.
2: Yeah, and and again, if you when we when we dose directly to the lung, you you get at a lower dose a much higher systemic blood level, right? So mm-hmm. you you really can optimize the efficacy without producing the same systemic effects that could, that could be quite profound with, with many different drugs. Um, one of our internal, well, two of our internal programs are reformulations of existing compounds. The first is uh, a thin-film freezing version of a drug called voriconazole, which is a very effective antifungal. Uh, We're developing it specifically for an orphan indication called invasive pulmonary aspergillosis, very serious uh, lung fungal infection. Number of patients who who get these infections have quite compromised respiratory systems. have HIV, cystic fibrosis, chronic pneumonias, COPD, and they require more chronic administration of, of voriconazole. Well, by giving the drug through the lung, we can give the drug for longer periods of time without getting the uh, resulting side effect profiles, which usually affect the, the liver. The second compound is a thin film freezing version of tacrolimus. Tacrolimus is the leading immunologic compound given to patients post-organ transplant to prevent rejection of that uh, that organ, and also a chronic med that has the potential to produce pretty profound renal impairment. And what our studies will hopefully prove is that we get equal or superior efficacy without producing these similar renal effects, thereby hopefully even increasing survival. So, and, and on and on and on. Why that hypothetical and now clinical uh, result to other drugs we're developing or what we're working in partnerships, this is this is the value that we're creating for, for patients. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. If I have to have a drug administered, let's say once a day even, if I have to get it through IV, it's very hard for me to do that at home, or maybe I have to sit in the hospital. But if I can breathe right. it in, through a little discus package, then yeah, it's much easier for me to do that than I'm yeah. just sit in the hospital.
2: It makes and, sense. And there's no doubt for you know, in the acutely ill patient, there there certainly is a need for the IV approach. But when you start to migrate from from the acute setting to the more chronic setting, you know, this is where this has tremendous application. And what we've what we've been learning over time in working with partnerships with the pharmaceutical industry. It has a tremendous role in the biologic space. So we're working uh, with mRNA, which is, you know, is the uh, platform for the COVID vaccines. We're working with sRNA. We're working with monoclonal antibodies, phage technologies. We have over 30 open um, material transfer agreements with partner pharmaceutical company partners we are working to formulate their, their material we have important relationships with the government at the Department of Defense, as well as uh, USAMRID, Fort Detrick, and some very meaningful relationships with academia. Uh, mostly that, most of that work is focused on vaccines beyond just the COVID space. We're working um, with Dr. Ted Ross at the University of Georgia on universal flu, uh, Dr. Kartik Chandran at Albert Einstein Medical center on VSV-based vaccines, Dr. John Dye at USAMRID on monoclonal antibody-based vaccines to treat Ebola, encephalitis, Marburg, arboviruses, it goes on and on.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. What kind of uh, conditions or drugs seem amenable to this process, and which ones it's it's not the best way?
2: So, you know, knock on wood, we've yet to encounter product, compound, acknowledge that we have not been able to formulate we've actually done over 80 different uh formulations now so the the in vitro work always is successful then it comes down to you know the the actual compound that you're working with and and will it have similar animal effect And, and that could you know that that could be related not necessarily to the formulation but with the compound itself so it really is a um, very ubiquitous technology, platform technology. Dr. Bill Williams is the inventor of the technology. We have two feasibility labs. Uh, Bill is a uh, professor of pharmaceutics at the University of Texas. We have two feasibility labs in, in his building there, and that's where we do all of this feasibility work. And then we produce products uh, with, with contract manufacturing organizations. At, uh, at GMP quality levels.
1: Okay. So, you know, I don't know if you can discuss it as proprietary, but in your pipeline, what uh, in the next year or a couple of years is uh, is coming? For what conditions?
2: Yeah, so um, I can talk about the partnerships we have, and I can talk in sort of a broad sense of, you know, the different categories of opportunities that we believe will, will be uh, available through TFF technology. So the open partnerships we have, we have a uh, – Partnership with a company called Union Therapeutics. They're uh, located in Denmark. We're working on TFF versions of niclosamide. Niclosamide is a product that is shown uh, to be effective as you know, a therapeutic in COVID 19. We're working with Augmenta Bioworks on a series of monoclonal antibodies, uh, the first of which also is being developed as a therapeutic for um, COVID 19. And uh, we've just actually had data that it's also effective, not against the four major variants of COVID-19. We'll soon have data on the Delta variant. Uh, we're working with a company called Felix on some macrophage products, which could treat specifically lung disorders like cystic fibrosis. And we have a partnership with Plus Products in California to look at a thin film freezing, ver- thin film freezing version of cannabinoids as an alternative to vaping. And then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Richard, we are working across these different, you know, biologic platforms of the mRNA, sRNA, monoclonals, monoclonals, peptoids, and then, you know, our partnerships that we've announced with the government, we have working with uh, CRADA with USAMRID, Dr. John Dye on producing two um, at least two antiviral vaccines for Ebola, and Marburg and encephalitis. We've just uh, signed a contract with Lidos, a company called Lidos, and we're a subcontractor to the Department of Defense formulating countermeasures for battlefield use, which will be applied through the eye and the skin. Our academic relationships are with um, Dr. Ted Ross at the University of Georgia on Universal Flu. Chandran on VSV-based vaccine, and Dr. Drew Weissman at the University of Pennsylvania, who actually is, is, I think, gets most of the credit for his discovery on mRNA-based vaccines. And he's uh, applying our technology to the work he's doing on, on future vaccine technology. And those are the ones I can talk discuss publicly. There are more than 30 other partnerships that are at various stages of, of development.
1: Oh, very good. Okay. Well, Glenn, what's the best way for people to follow up on TFF Pharmaceuticals? Where can they go?
2: Sure. So we have a website, a TFF Pharma website, um, that they can certainly uh, learn more. And on um, that website, there's a way for them to, uh, for anyone who wants to be, get more information, to contact the company. We, we love to talk about the technology. There's a, a tremendous amount to talk about. And you know, that, that certainly is a way for folks to follow up and uh, learn more. There We also have a tremendous bibliography of uh, studies that have been published on thin film freezing and specific applications of thin film freezing that have been authored uh, mostly by Dr. Williams and his team and others. So there, there's a lot of information available on TFF Pharmaceuticals. And our ticker symbol is TFFP. We're traded on NASDAQ. Very
1: good. Well, Glenn, thank you for coming. And uh, like I said, I have some experience with inhaling some of these drugs for asthma. So it, to me, at least it works. It's very convenient. And uh, I think it's a great thing you guys are doing. So thank you.
2: Well, thank you, Richard. You be well. And uh, it's been great talking. We'd like to come back and update you on our progress.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Well, that'd be good.
2: Thank you.
0: If you like this
2: podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us
0: on iTunes.